When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R.com. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on. Welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry, a Senior Bowl edition of Three Yards Per Carry. Although next week, we'll probably recap the entire thing, but we can give you some bits and pieces today. But before we get into that, they still don't have, as of, as of this recording on a Wednesday, they still don't have an offensive coordinator. Simon, the strong rumor is that it could be Ken Dorsey. Now, have they even interviewed Ken Dorsey? Has he been here in Davie? Has he met with Flores? These things, I don't know the answer to. Do you know the answer to any of those things? I mean, I'd assume they haven't interviewed him because the Bills have only just got knocked out of the playoffs. But, I mean, I'm as in the dark as anybody, frankly. Uh, they've been running a sort of dual two-headed monster in... Um, in Mobile with Godsey and Studsville uh, running the offensive show. But um, it's clear to me, certainly, that uh, they want to employ an outsider uh, if they were going to employ either Godsey or Studsville. They would have done so in the past couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if they were waiting for Matt Canada and were disappointed that he went to Pittsburgh. I don't know if they were waiting for Mike Kafka to get you know knocked out of the playoffs or they are waiting for Buffalo to get knocked out so they could talk to Ken Dorsey, whether Luke Getsey in Green Bay... You know, whoever, but um, 
it certainly seems to me to be an external candidate. And Dorsey seems like, you know, the, Dorsey following the Dolphins and Jason Jenkins and a couple of people on social media and Eric Flowers Instagramming the picture of Dorsey in his Miami uniform kind of uh, was intriguing. But I mean, I'm as in the dark as anybody else, I think. Doesn't doesn't Ken Dorsey now follow Tom Garfinkel and like? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, all the sleuthing uh, suggests that he's already our offensive coordinator, but we. we I think. <laughs> I I think it would be really weird if he just started started following all of a sudden Tom Garfinkel and and some Miami stuff people, and and it weren't it had nothing to do with that. You know, I think I think the rea- something I've been saying uh, suggesting is that they were gonna they were gonna let Eric Studsville and and George Godsey coach the senior bowl as a leg up, you know, they, mm. they clearly care about their assistance. They're, they're not selfish. Um, they interviewed them for the OC job. Maybe they don't give it to them, but they still would probably like to see them coach the senior bowl in front of the entire NFL and, and give themselves a little bit of a leg up for the future. And, um, and I think that, that's going to happen now if you're going to make that decision and let them do that first off this playbook was always going to be the 2020 playbook so let's let's dispose with any um or dispense with any any ideas that they were going to hire some some offensive coordinator and install everything they needed to install in a couple of days um and then you know and then run with that at the the senior bowl so it was always going to be the 2020 playbook so studsville and and godsey are appropriate for that uh, at the senior bowl. Um, if you're making that decision, you're going to let them coach it. It kind of like dawned on me you know, a couple weeks ago that maybe you wouldn't even want to announce the offensive coordinator before they did that. Like it might be awkward uh, for them. You know, it might, might feel like, it might feel like you've, you know, kneecapped them. <laughs> um, mm. And, and I, you know, maybe, maybe they're just, I think overall they might just be trying to be, um, good to their assistance. And, and I do think it's probably Dorsey. I was, I was told that he told Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks. No, mm-hmm. um, that was the text uh, that he said no to them. And that's why they hired Shane Waldron. Yeah. Um, and, and think about so, that. Think about that. Saying no to a team that has Russell Wilson sure. <laughs> quarterback. Sure. Like that has to I, mean something, right? So I, I do think, you know, very good odds that it's, you know, better than 50, 50 odds to me that it's Ken Dorsey. Um, but at this point I've also, you know, we talked about it, it's sort of a who knows thing because, you know, trying to follow the breadcrumbs on this one has been terrible. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of things and going in every direction. So, um, but overall, I, I do think it's Dorsey. Uh, it, it seems to have last minute sort of fallen in line that way. Do we know anything about what kind of offense he might run, Simon? Because I, I don't. have no idea whatsoever. Um, Neither do I. We know he no. coached Cam Newton. We know he was in Buffalo. Well, That's it. Mike Mike Shula's offense, and yeah. um, you know some exposure to Rob Chudzinski, uh, some um, exposure to Mike Mike Shula. Clearly, Brian Dable uh, up in Buffalo. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the, these are good. We don't know what he's going to run, but these aren't, these aren't bad influences. Um, as far as, as far, 
I mean, I don't think Miami was going to hire anybody that that has like a um, that has a really dogmatic uh, offensive system. Uh, they're they're gonna they want to hire a guy who's gonna change things up for the personnel, maybe even change things up for the week. You know, mm-hmm. um, that seems to be their way. So I'd assume that Ken Dorsey's like that if if he's hired. All right. Well, uh, since we don't know much else, if we now we're gonna go back to his time with Chizinski, that's a lot of ace personnel and a lot of eleven personnel. So it's a lot of eleven, a lot of twelve is what you're gonna see. But really, does that really suit Tua Tungabailoa? That's, that's everybody. Everybody's a lot of eleven and, and yeah, then that's kind of true, right? Um, you know, everybody is every, everybody is between fifty and seventy percent eleven personnel in in the NFL nowadays. Um, it's not even it's not even useful to to talk about it. It's so weird. It's so you know prevalent. Um, I just I I like that. Here's here's what I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like getting another guy that happened to be there while a great quarterback was great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, by the great quarterbacks, I, I mean, guys like Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady and Drew Brees and, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and stuff like that. And all due respect to Mike Kafka, who I actually am intrigued with. I, I'm worried about, we did this with Cam Cameron. We did this with Joe Philbin. We did this with Adam Gaze. I mean, when are we going to learn? Um, you know, stop taking passengers from a really cool car. Um, it's just, yeah. So, uh, and when I look at and maybe Ken Dorsey, you could say, you know, he was with Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a great quarterback and, uh, Josh Allen was really great this year, but I also know, and as big of a Newton fan as I am, as I was, and Simon was too, uh, he had a lot of work to do, right in order to be to be even viable at the nfl uh level let alone have an mvp caliber season and josh allen as much as big of a fan as i've been of his for you know three four years he had a lot of work to do (laughs) um so ken dorsey himself the quarterback coach of those guys had a lot of work to do to get those guys to be mvp caliber players which is what happened So anyway, yeah, shut that door. Yeah, doors shutting in in the background is always yeah. Sorry a, about that. A, a nice aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a senior bowl going on, and we've been watching film, and I didn't. I haven't had a you know enough time to look at everything. I've just looked at wide receivers, but Simon's as well versed in all these guys and as anybody else. So we could bounce stuff off of him. I don't know if you want to go first, Chris, or I can go first. Um, I don't know what Simon, what, why don't we go with Simon and, uh, you know, what kind what players do you think, um, did you really want to see, or I guess what were, who are the players that were most intriguing to you, uh, heading into this? this? Is about, I mean, receiver or just generally, I mean, what just, generally. just generally, um, a couple of those little satellite backs I was keen to look at, Felton, Dimitri Felton at UCLA, uh, kind mm-hmm. of small gadget running back, but was a former four-star receiver. So you wanted to see what he was going to do. And actually they announced him as a receiver at the senior bowl, but he's been running the ball as well. He's kind of Naheem Hines, that kind of skill set that mm-hmm. people value at the NFL level and he can bounce between receiver and running. But obviously it's a, you know, for us as a team, we talked about it last week that we re, just retooling that entire receiver group. 
you know, there's some great receivers in this class. You know, I mean, you look at the guys that aren't there. I mean, obviously, Devonta is there, but... Now, let me stop you there, to. Simon. Uh, uh, Dimitri Felton, he had a great rep on Tuesday running a flag route. How fast is he going to run? Do you have any information on that? Because he looked fast uh, to me. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's a, he's got home run speed, certainly. Okay. So, you know, I think he's probably a 4-3, four, four, late 4-3. Okay. That makes four, complete four, sense, guy. With what I saw. Yeah. So and then Devonta obviously is there, but not working out. Jamar Chase isn't there. Waddle's not there. Bateman's not there. Rondell Moore's not there. Terrence Marshall isn't, isn't there. But Kadarius Tony is there. And obviously the biggest questions for Kadarius Tony are going to be what he does off the field in terms of those interviews. You know, he's a Percy Harvin type. He's got that stop start athleticism, electric with the ball in his hand, polished route runner, snappy in and out of his breaks. Um, and I think he performed really well in the first first day. Diami Brown's not there, but Amari Rogers is a guy that we all really like. You know, mm-hmm. Torres ACL and was back within about five months. I saw him from the sideline. I was putting some pictures in our WhatsApp group earlier on. You know, he is a Debo Samuel type who was number two in the nation in Yak in the regular season in 2020 behind Smith, top five in Yak over the past four years in college football. You know, RPO offense suits him really well. He's a high character kid. He's not going to wow you with amazing speed, but he's just got this great play strength. He's well put together. He's put together like a running back. Mm-hmm. You know, you use him on jet sweeps. No Justin Ross, no T Higgins. Uh, Frank Ladson injured, and yet he stepped up and, you know, took Clemson along with, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne as, you know, as pretty much as far as they could go this year. Um, I would say that if, if Jacksonville take Trevor Lawrence, with the first overall pick, Amari Rogers is probably going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar at some point on day two, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Nico Collins at Michigan, you know, but actually he's not played particularly well. And all the things that you look at on tape, his lack of suddenness, his inconsistency uh, has kind of shown up. Tylen Wallace has done a pretty good job. Sage Surratt is a guy we all like. You know, he gives me some Jordy Nelson vibes. I don't know what you guys feel mm-hmm. about that. You know, I wonder whether he's an X or is he a slot? You know, does he have the strength to fight through the jam? But he never kind of loses his landmark. I never, I, I don't think he's very efficient early in the route. He attacks the leverage, he eats up the cushion. He's not really twitchy, he's not really snappy, but he's a good player with good hands. You know, it's just uh, he has a know, good sometimes... base, uh, very, very, very balanced. And yeah, if these guys are any indication, I understand, you know, this is the senior bowl, we're not getting the full gamut of what defensive backs are coming out this year. But you know they can't push him off of his spot. He's going to get into his route. He looked extremely strong. Sage, yeah, Sage, Sage. He's he's strong as hell. I mean, he's yeah. he's really, yeah, and he has really a, he gives me Adam Thielen vibes, which okay, is a good nice. thing to give. Yeah, Shai to Smith me, it's like played. a it's like a baby Mike Evans. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. he's strong. Shai Smith has played well. South Carolina kid is kind of Emmanuel Sanders. He's really quick. He separates yak guy. Not crisp routes, but I think he's looked pretty crisp in the routes I've seen. Great comparison there with Emmanuel Sanders. (laughs) Yeah, the issue with him is that he makes amazing catches, then just drops easy. The drops have really killed him, but he's competitive. He's tenacious. I think he's a a really interesting guy. And then Dwayne Eskridge, I think, has been the kind of standout, you know, the kid from Western Michigan in terms of the receivers. Missed all of 2019 with an injury, but he's just a dynamic playmaker. He runs a 4-3-3, a legit, um, not even hand time. That's a, a proper time. Also played corner as well. Was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He's a bit undersized. He's five nine one ninety. He'd be actually he's a flying machine, explosive, wins at every level. Um, so he's been interesting to watch as well. So certainly from the receiver group. And God, the Dolphins need some help at receiver. Um, 
you know, they've been some interesting guys to to watch early doors. So I don't know what you guys have thought of the receivers. Yeah, I'll bounce a, a few off of you. Uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, where do you think he'll go in the draft? Is he a first-round pick? I think he's got first-round talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not, you know, we've talked about this privately, the three of us, and also on, on social media. We've talked about the, the AR-15 situations and the, the gang issues and um, some of the off-field problems, the assault rifle stuff and, um, you know, how big a problem is that? You know, it, it, it seems like something that follow, follows the University of Florida athletes around over the past 15 years. You look at the pounces, you look at God, Aaron Hernandez, all those situations that they've had there under Urban Meyer with the 36 arrests or 36 you know, off-field issues that they had under Meyer's uh, tenure. And it seems like these kids can't keep out their own way sometimes. I mean, he's a really good player. And I think, you know, you look at a team like, I mean, if he's sitting on the board at 31, 32, the Kansas City Chiefs are there. I mean, if you're Andy Reid. Yes. You know, imagine adding Kadarius Tony to your your list. You know, Sammy Watkins might be on the outs, but, you know, all of a sudden you've got Kadarius Tony. Um, the kid from Jaw, Miko Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, those backs out of the backfield. I, I, you know, I think he's got top 40 talent. Absolutely. Green Bay Packers could really use him in the slot with Devontae Adams and the big guys that go outside. Yeah, I think he's an interesting player who, you know, but it just depends on that off field thing and whether that gets cleaned up and, you know, what his explanation is for, for the reasons why he had an AR 15 in the back of his car loaded on the way to a gang fight. I mean, yeah. And let me ask you another question. Central Arkansas could be playing in my backyard and I wouldn't know anybody on that team, <laughs> but they have a guy called Robert Rochelle and he was really noticeable on Tuesday with, you know, Cadarius Tony until, you know, Tony got him on a go route. Do you know anything about him? Because he seems sticky, rangy cornerback. Yeah. There's some really interesting corners, actually. Rochelle's one of them. You, Thomas Graham has played really well at Oregon, I saw today. There's a couple of kids that aren't there. Aliante Taylor's a decent player. Aaron Robinson is there, the kid from UCF, who um, who uh, DJ Daniel Jeremiah was, has been talking about. Rochelle is athletic. He's six foot two, 195 pounds. He's got foot quickness. Mm-hmm. He pattern matches really well. And I think that's shown up in the senior bowl. I, I, I've seen one of his games, uh, sort of dive in one of his games. I, I thought his technique was a little bit all over the place. I thought his fundamentals were lacking a little bit. He was a high school wide receiver converted to corner. And obviously this week in, in Mobile is going to be critical for him. But there's clearly some upside there. And he's got the, those athletic traits that you look for. Yeah. Um, but he's part of that group of, you know, you go down the line, you look at Radarius Williams at Oklahoma State and Mark Webb and DJ Daniel at Georgia and, you know, Obi Melafonwu's brother Ifiatu and you know there's some some serious sort of late day two early to mid day Trill Williams at Syracuse there's Benjamin St. Juice I mean big senior bowl for him the kid from Minnesota the Michigan transfer he had a good first day sort of long limbs quick hips there's, there's a lot of talent at corner in the draft this year now uh, can, couple... I, can I say could I ask you something though did you say Robert Rochelle is six foot two uh, that's what he's listed at anyway. I did, I, I, this is a great. At. This is a great case of the listing versus real. Yeah, I have <laughs> time he's, to. He's 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 an eighth of an inch under six foot. He's five is foot he? eleven and, and seven wow. eighths. Yeah. So now I mean the... I'm I'm not blaming yeah. anybody. That's no, the listing, course. and this is why you just take the listing with a total grain of salt, especially well, on had, the big front. He had the best reps against Tony of anybody out there until okay. of course Tony ran right past him. 
on, on yeah, a play. That's the that's the Central Arkansas listing, and I haven't had time to update the actual. Official yeah, yeah, and, and and especially a school like Central Arkansas, they're going to have. I think I saw like we we talked about the tackle from North North Dakota State, Dylan Raddins. Dylan Raddins, and yeah. and uh, I think his listing was like two hundred and sixty five pounds or something okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 over three. Yeah. yeah, he was six six three oh one this year on the North Dakota State website, but I think he was like, you know, five foot nine, two hundred and forty pounds yeah. about two years ago. So yeah. All right, a yeah. couple a couple more guys before Chris gets in here. Des yeah, Fitzpatrick, uh yeah. Louisville wide receiver. Louisville wide receiver, yeah. Looked um, pretty good. He, and the last one, he looked if you if you could bounce surprised he looked off, good. Kate Johnson, how fast is he going to be? Because he looks like he's crafty. He looks like he's a pro. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, first of all, six, uh, again, this is from the Louisville website. So, again, I haven't done the official 6'2", 2'10". Mm-hmm. He's an incredibly highly regarded receiver corner out of high school. Second most touchdowns in Michigan high school history. Um, five-star recruit, highly touted, but just hasn't lived up to the height. Decent football player. He's got that stri- size, strength, speed. But again, a bit like Shai Smith, absolutely played with the drops. He makes the big catches and then drops the easy ones. Returns some punts as well. Sort of lacks those kind of exceptional traits. He's kind of okay, okay, and you know, in, in a lot of areas, but doesn't really, you know, doesn't really have the, I don't know, the separate the, the tools that would separate him from from others in the class. And who was the other guy that you mentioned? Sorry. Uh, yeah, the uh, Kate Johnson, South Dakota State. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, he is uh, a lot of production. Uh, I get some Cooper Cup vibes from him. I don't know if, mm-hmm. if you do, but that, that feels that sort of similar trajectory, like ridiculous production. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to go into all the, but people can guess. Okay, as he's he has that gym rat. Uh, <laughs> he's a gym a, rat he is. that a crafty. He's an, he's an, yeah, he's an FBS Hunter Renfro. Yeah, two thousand five hundred fifty-four yards in twenty eighteen. Nineteen uh, in twenty eighteen and nineteen put together second most in all of college football. More than CD Lamb, more than Jerry Judy. He's not a great athlete, but he's got and, that. Sort and of... none of this is code for white either, because he's not. no, <laughs> no, he's not white. <laughs> Even though I picked out two white wide receivers. But yeah, no, you is, know it's um... not code for, it, but it's it's just the way he plays. I, and I just kept yeah. staring at him, saying, "Man, he's pretty good." But I kept wondering, yeah. like. I don't know if he's fast because he doesn't look fast to I mean, me. There's a lot of there's a lot of fast. You know, you look at Marcus Stevenson at Houston, um, Anthony Schwartz at Auburn is an absolute burner. Emir Smith oh God, at yeah. Iowa. A, I mean, he's got speed coming out of his. Now, right. you know, one last everywhere. question, Simon. How good is Ambry yeah. Thomas of Michigan? Because Des Fitzpatrick abused him for the greater part of Tuesday. Yeah, I really like Ambry Thomas. Um, he's a high floor player in my opinion um obviously plays at michigan he is a i think he's a solid day two nobody plays more press in college football than don brown Mm. he looks like a sort of round three corner absolute worst he's got loose Mm. hips he's got a really good athletic profile and i'm just reading my notes here but he wins with technique and instincts he's a former receiver he's very confident when i watch him on tape i don't see panic with the ball in the air and it's something i enjoy watching with pat satan jr is the lack of panic um, he tracks the ball in the air. He obviously opted out, but he's a you know he'll open his hips and run. He's physical. He's aggressive. Um, you know he, he rarely gives up inside position. To me, he looks you know he's a one year starter, but he's a bit of an athletic ball of clay. Mm-hmm. I think he's a five star receiver. Apparently off the field, he's a great great kid. I remember speaking to um, uh, David Avaloff, who's the amazing press officer at Michigan, when I went to interview Trace uh, Winovich and Rashan Gary. 
and I talked about team captains and the the, the positions that um, that Winovich and Gary had taken on as leaders at Michigan. And Abloff said that he pointed out Ambry Thomas as a kid. We talked about other leaders on the team. And he said, in terms of the young guys, I think Thomas was a sophomore at the time. He was like, you know, Ambry is a kid that is, um, you know, showing all the vibes of being a serious leader. So, yeah, he's an interesting, interesting player. Six foot, 182 on the Michigan website. Don't know what he, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, I like him a lot. He's a, he's a decent player. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he had bad moments against Des Fitzpatrick. Okay. Nothing against him. It's just that you know uh, that's what made Des Fitzpatrick pop to me. One last guy, well, Tylen Wallace. Yeah, looked bad. But on, on that on that note, uh, uh, Alf, it, it deserves mm-hmm. to be said. Um, yeah. You know, because we're talking about how he struggled. Uh, you know, I haven't watched these guys so much um, in these All Star settings, especially on the first day. You know, a little bit on the second day. Um, these wide receiver DB drills, the the matchups are so geared toward the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so there's such a uh, huge advantage. To, our, to the wide receiver on them and and that you have to keep that in mind um and and what you really won't look for i think is is the uh, improvement from day one to day two mm-hmm. um and i think that's true all the way around because the pit drills we'll talk about with offensive line defensive line later um you know the same same deal it's it's really geared toward the defensive player uh but you're looking for that that um that improvement and and sort of the the feistiness but i mean in these drills especially the one-on-one drills i mean these wide receivers sometimes just make up the route on the fly Mm -hmm. and and it's like you know that's i've i've seen coaches just straight out you know wide receiver got open caught the ball but he's like yeah he just made that up as he went along that's a win for the db right there you know that Mm -hmm. then and so you you have to keep that in mind i think yeah, and I know I said I, I had the last guy, but I'm going to give you one more because I thought he looked really good to me, and that's Trey Brown of Oklahoma. Yep. Do you want to do uh, Tylen Wallace first? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Tylen Wallace know. looked bad on Tuesday, but I understand Oklahoma's, he's a good player. Yeah, Oklahoma State kid. Missed much of 2019 with the torn ACL he suffered in, in practice, so really hasn't played a great deal, but explosive down the field threat attacks the ball in the air catches pretty much everything he's sudden he's shifty he's tough he, he blocks well um again and people always say who does he remind you of it some tyler lockett vibes i think he's a very good route runner he's competitive obviously he plays in the big 12 though so you don't see an awful lot of press man in the big 12 so that would be a um that'd be one thing to look forward or look for you know, you don't see a lot of press man generally in college football as omar kelly and i are debating about devonta smith on social media right now but mm. um yeah, uh, interesting, interesting player though. And who was the guy that you mentioned? Oh, um, Trey Brown. Trey Brown, the uh, Oklahoma corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let me get to it. I'm just going through my Browns. Amon Ra, Diana. Got very, very Spencer. strong Bobby Being McCain sorry. vibes from him. Oh, interesting. Very competitive. Big competitor. I'm not sure I've done him yet. Actually, I've got him listed, and I've got no, I've got nothing next to him. So, yeah, I've not done him yet. Yeah, tough kid. I had, had a had a great Tuesday. I thought. And okay, you want to know who the fastest the were? The fastest receivers were because Jim Nagy just uh posted it mm-hmm. from cool. from Tuesdays. They were Demetric Felton and Kadarius Tony. They uh, they reached, makes perfect reached sense. The top top speeds. Frank Darby in kind of a distant third. Yeah, Darby's interesting actually. Darby's um Arizona State kid who has um. I mean, he's a four year. He, he's been in the program for four years. Uh, let me just find him. 
uh, Frank Darby. So he only has 67 catches in four years, but I think he averaged like 22 yards a catch for those 67. He is a lightly used deep threat. Uh, grad student, 6'1", 200 pounds. If the light ever comes on, he has got some serious juice down the field, but it's a big if as to whether that light ever does come on. But yeah, he is a um, he's a burner. All right, Chris. Mm, yeah, what do you want to know? Well, okay, you said you looked at some. So you looked at, at some big guys. Well, yeah. So I've been looking at the offensive line, defensive line, and um, and really, actually, kind of the first focus that I'll have on um, on them is uh, is with the national team. That's the team that Miami's coaching. So um, you know, that's. If we're gonna if Miami's gonna draft guys from the senior bowl, uh, it's probably more likely to be some of the guys that they coached in the um in the game. Uh, and the thing, some of the some of the players, so there's some guys in here that um that clearly, if you had done any amount of research heading into it, you would know to look for right. Um, and that's Creed, like Creed Humphrey of Oklahoma, the center. Uh, he's kind of an, an all-star type at center, or less, at least he was in college. Um, infamously, uh, the, his coach, um, his name, who's the Oklahoma coach again, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, Riley. Lincoln Riley, uh, infamously said about him a couple of years back when, when there were still guys like, you know, Kyler Murray on the team and, and those receivers, and he's like, he thinks that, uh, that Creed Humphrey might be the most talented guy on the, on the, uh, on the team. Um, so, you know, he's the one to look for. Aaron Banks is a huge and nasty and really good looking uh, guard from Notre Dame. And, you know, you know, you're going to look at and look for him. And um, and I think that the guys that came in with the reputation um, already like those two, uh, you know, they lived up to it. You know, they lived up to it. I think that another guy, a small school guy, Dylan Raddins of North Dakota State, uh, came in, you know, I, I started watching him and was really, I mean, it's something about those North Dakota state guys. Cause I remember Billy Turner was a bit like this too. Um, they can really look dominant, uh, and, well and it's coached. not, yeah, really well coached, but really nasty. Like really, I mean, that they're, they're really, that's the, the character that they play with. And, um, and he has that and, you know, he'll, he'll block two guys at a time, uh, and in ways that I've never seen before. Um, and he's, uh, he came out, you know, he measured in pretty good. He's in six, he's six, six and 300 over 300 pounds. And, you know, has decent arms and I think 33 plus inch arms. Um, you know, he's, he did all right in the practices and, uh, especially in team drills, especially in team drills. When you look at Dylan Radden's, the thing you're going to see with him, especially if you get the back view is, is just his lateral explosiveness, uh, off the snap. And, and you can see this guy, you know, you get the feeling that uh, Kyle Shanahan is looking at him and saying, if we need an offensive lineman, I don't even care where it's him, you know? And, um, and that's, you know, one of those zone schemes, definitely, but he's, he's really good in pass pro too. I don't think he allowed a sack in 2019. Um, and certainly the one game that he played in uh, this year, which I think was central Arkansas, uh, was, speaking yeah. of central Arkansas. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The game that for 56 minutes of that game, he was, he was Anthony Munoz. And then for the last four minutes, he was more like Anthony Costanzo. Um, and, and I think it was just because he wore himself out, to be honest. Uh, I think he just, you know, thrown in so much effort 
because uh, that was the, that's it. That's like the key with these North Dakota State guys. It's weird that it's the effort level and it's the nastiness and and stuff like that. So he he played pretty well in the um in the Senior Bowl practices. Uh, I like going into the day two first and and then kind of going back and looking at day one because day one you know all the defensive linemen are going to win. And day two um, is when you really see which which guys which guys on the offensive line are going to step up and and you know get there after they've gotten their feet wet actually actually punch back and uh, start winning these these matchups and I thought that Dylan Raddins showed up but the guy that the small school guy I didn't know anything about um, is Spencer well two of them two of them uh, there's Quinn Quinn Miners the Wisconsin Whitewater kid and Simon mm-hmm. you know and I have talked about and they the Dolphins put him as center I believe he's oh, a guard he's killing right? it he's a left guard he's, yeah he's just he's just absolutely killing it he's he is so mean and nasty <laughs> like he and is, he's not even that big but he's um, had more pancakes than waffle house this week yeah, it's astonishing it, it's, it's it really is and and he's not he and he, you'd think that with a guy that's that's doing that he'd be like you know he'd be like pretty like huge like a 340 pounder or something like that you know but he's not he's he's six foot three just over six foot three. He is 320 pounds, but he carries it really well. Mm. Um, and, and so, you know, he's, he's just been, he's been lights out. Honestly, I, I, I saw one Humphrey fan. I'm a I hate to interrupt Humphrey you. fan and he's been, he's been better than Creed Humphrey. Yeah. I hate yeah. to interrupt you, but he does that thing that people just hate in those combo drills when one guy just passes them off and then you come and you clean them out. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely destroyed. I, I believe it was, I have my notes. He destroyed here. everybody. He destroyed Taron Jackson. Taron Jackson. He he absolutely flattened. I think it was Taron Jackson, number yeah. ninety nine. Yeah. Well, that uh, was, and then we'll we'll get to the defensive line, but they keep using Taron on the inside, and I just yeah. don't think I just don't see he it. He destroyed yeah. on Wazariki and um and Adigazuwa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he took them both to the ground, and you know, on Wazariki is to me the best three technique in the draft. Um, yeah. you know, he is, I mean, there, there was one play where he, he turned the nose tackle, blocked him inside and then moved up and caught the three technique who was coming across. I mean, he, he took, he took on Wazariki seven yards down the field and then pancaked him into the floor. I mean, this is an athletic road grading left guard who can pull and, but just obliterates people in space. I mean, but, but then also, they put him at center and he was, yeah. <laughs> he was phenomenal. Yeah. They put him at center and he was really, he was really good. And that's that's pay attention because this is Miami that's putting him at center, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. The, so. the Dolphins will love him as well. Two year yeah. team captain, team captain in high school. He's a National Strength and Conditioning Association All American for two years running for commitment to strength and conditioning. He is a leader of men at Wisconsin Whitewater. Yeah, um, definitely uh, big, uh, big time yeah. prospect for the Dolphins. I mean, he's he's moved himself into the. I think he's probably moved himself into the mid day mid day two range. I think if yeah, you know, could very well be. I mean, this is the first, this is really the first, this is the first chance anybody's got a chance to look at him on tape that, I mean, tape always matters, but Wisconsin whitewater tape doesn't matter as much. (laughs) It doesn't matter as much as the senior bowl tape. Yeah, it doesn't matter as much as the senior bowl. Can I be completely honest with you? I did not know that Wisconsin whitewater existed. Yeah. Until the senior bowl. I only know because there was a, there was a a tight end um, uh, from the, 
there that's uh whose name is escaping me now um but you know there's yeah there's there was a tight end that used to be a quarterback there that the interesting um, thing about but the interesting thing about players like creed humphrey who's sort of seen his stock not not fall but just kind of plateau a little bit maybe is that you look at some players, especially players who've played four years, you know, some four year starters. The thing about guys that have played 35, 40 games at college football is that there's an awful lot of tape on them. So there's an awful lot, you know, guys make mistakes. So the more tape you put on, the more people will find holes, especially this time of the year, people will say, Oh, look at this player. Look what he did here. Mm -hmm. Look what he did here. You know, don't, don't, play that game you know the more tape you have the more mistakes you make that's just you know it doesn't matter if you're Aaron Rodgers or you know Richard Rodgers you're still going to make mistakes if you played you know a certain amount of games right that's That's one of the interesting things for for Humphrey um a a couple of the guys obviously Quinn Minus was a guy that um I was really interested in interested in who's done really well but a couple of other guys um who I'm kind of quite keen on who've done interesting jobs and and kind of going slightly under the radar. James Hudson is a left tackle mm-hmm. at Cincinnati, a Michigan transfer, was a four-star defensive end in high school. He's only had 719 career snaps, so he's very inexperienced, but he is ridiculously talented. He's got real upside, you know, he's got a very, very high ceiling. He's going to be raw and, you know, he's not going to be to everybody's um everybody's liking but he's a very interesting player and you've seen him in some of those one-on-one drills and the footwork the quickness snaps out of the 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 snap and then Dante Smith of East Carolina who's uh moves well um he's got long arms for a guy under six foot five he's got some buildable traits he's really quick twitch he gets out of his stance he's got good feet um constantly trying to talk players he gets out in space now, he only played one game in 2020, and he sat out 2016 in, um, after an injury. Played one game in 2020, so he's got some inexperience. But this is a kid, a bit like Creed, former wrestler, good footwork, good movement. There's just some of those intriguing sort of early day three tackles. Hudson probably moves up into the day two, I reckon. But someone like Dante Smith is somebody that you can just, uh, again, another moldable ball of clay, just an intriguing player who's, who I think is flying a little bit under the radar in Mobile. The first thing that stands out about Hudson is really that he's built like he's you almost swear that there's a tight end that snuck into these mm. uh to these pit drills. I mean he's Definitely. he carries the weight, he is 300 pounds, he's over 300 pounds at the senior bowl weigh-in, but he carries it really well. Um, and he's he's very athletic. You can tell that he's very athletic, but really for all his inexperience, I mean he they they put him at tackle and he was he was killing it in the pit drills, uh one-on-ones. Uh uh, on the second day um and i think that that's when that's when guys really start to step up and that, he's one of the biggest st- standouts really is hudson dante smith that you mentioned the the one thing i haven't watched him yet on the senior bowl but the thing about him is he's six foot five and that's and uh, he's 200 and 294 pounds which is one of the lighter um of the offensive linemen in mobile but his arms are over 35 inches they're 35 mm-hmm. and a quarter and uh, and he has a seven foot three wingspan. Probably reminds me of Jared Jones Smith, um, who the Dolphins actually had uh, brought to camp at, at one point. Um, getting back to the national side, though, I, I thinking Dylan Raddins was the small school guy to you know the FCS guy to look at, and I also came away thinking that I should have also been looking at Spencer Brown of uh, Northern Iowa, and you know he for for a six foot eight and a half inch guy. All right. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't look 
awkward and that's important like he doesn't look awkwardly tall um on on the tapes watching him block guys and he was doing really well he also he also looks like you know for a guy that tall he looks he looks like a guy that might be uh good in his own um he had that kind of lateral ability and certainly uh long arms and uh and did really well in the blocking drills um he was noticeable uh, really noticeable and then the the last guy that i i probably should have looked at but I hadn't was Robert Hainsey of Notre Dame. Uh, I obviously from that line, you look at Aaron Banks and Liam Eikenberg. Um, I never really looked at Hainsey, but uh, they had him all over and they had him at tack, right tackle. They had him at guard. They had him at center. He looked good at center. He looked good at guard and he looked good at right tackle, like really good at right tackle. Um, embarrassed Shaka Tony uh, uh, a couple times. And, um, and I think that that's, that's that's an interesting one to to go back to the tape and look at. So I, of these guys, you know, Miami's Miami's got some guys to look at from this. Going to Quinn Miners, Creed Humphrey, um, Aaron Banks, you know, Dylan Raddins, uh, Spencer Brown, and um, you know, I think that that's uh, that's really encouraging because I don't know if Miami's going to be able to use an early pick on an offensive lineman or not. We'll see, um, but they could certainly use some help there. Uh, and I forgot James Hudson. He's, he's a really, really good standout. So, so this, this group is really full of good offensive linemen, but you know, the flip side of that is the defensive linemen weren't so good. Look at some of the players that aren't there. Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, right. Darris, or one of my yeah. favorite players in the entire draft, Abraham Lucas of Washington state. Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State, you know, Josh Ball isn't there. Sam Cosme isn't there. Brady Christensen isn't. Do you know what I mean? Walk, I mean, yeah. we've got questions about Walker Little, but there's, a, you know, there's a lot of players that um, that aren't there that uh, are intriguing. Hainsey, I, I like Hainsey. I think he's probably a guard, um, uh, but he does a good job of tying up defenders because he's so smart. Is you know, just smart players on that that offensive line Eichenberg banks well, that's what he guys. looked he could play any any yeah. any of these positions and he he dominated at any of the positions I mean it was it was really kind of interesting to watch yeah. him but the you know as I said the defensive line edge players were a little bit disappointing um you know actually on Wazurike didn't play in uh in the second today, practice yeah yeah um he didn't he didn't play in the second practice he was only in the first practice uh certainly on the first practice, you know, you go back and watch that one, not just the second. Um, and he was not unblockable, but it was clear. It was clear who the alpha was on the, the entire defensive line unit. Mm -hmm. And, and he was, he was the guy that was going to be the hardest to block um, on any given snap. I, the, actually the one rep that I saw anybody in one on ones really, really totally neutralize him and win the rep clearly win the rep, you know, not even, not even close was Creed Humphrey. Um, and that was just, just one rep. Uh, so he did, he did well. Osa Odigizua is a good player, really good build. Um, he's an inside outside player, uh, you know, more inside than outside, but still, um, you know, perfect for Miami uh, in their, their defensive scheme. But he was a little bit disappointing to me in the, the second, the second day. And there's um, those pit drills and, and the, even the team, you know, I thought that uh, he could have been better. Ellerson Smith is an interesting guy. Um, he's also from Northern Iowa. Uh, they had him uh, go up and go up against a couple of times his uh, teammate Spencer Brown. So UNI versus UNI, and um, and it was pretty interesting. He's over six foot six. 
yeah. on tape and you look at him you're like god damn he looks like jason taylor right i mean yeah. it's just like yeah, it's, it's really skinny, it's really yeah. obvious you know um but he's a he's a fairly good weight for um for mm. you know for for that that six foot six and a half um he's you know for, as well he was he was 190 pounds out of high school he was an all-state tight end um mm-hmm. he, he had 62 pressures in 2019 yeah. that's crazy yeah, he, the way he moves and and his overall versatility as an as an edge player, you know, really intriguing. He's two two hundred sixty two pounds and and yeah, and, skinny uh, waist, long limbs, intriguing guy. A lot of room to grow, but in twi- you know, lean, long, twitchy, athletic. He's an interesting player. He also looked like in in the drills. Honestly, I mean, he he did look like he had something to learn, uh, but he also yeah. looked good. You know, and and that was that was important because not a lot of them were were looking really all that good. Patrick Jones looked fucking terrible uh, of Pittsburgh. Mm. Um, you know, mm. and, and forgive me for cursing. Um, you know, Ade Ade, uh, I don't know, Ugg and Deji. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, uh, Notre Dame. Um, yeah, yeah, the Notre Dame kid. He he looks lengthy. He looks he looks like he's built well. Um, long he arms. was yeah, long arms and and everything like that. But he wasn't necessarily getting the job done in practice against these offensive linemen. Um, and, Dalen Hayes uh, is a decent player. Dalen Hayes is, is the better of the two. Um, he yeah. is the better, in my, in my eyes, in my mind. Uh, and that's going back to watching Notre Dame tape as well. Yeah. I think that Dalen Hayes, he's an outside linebacker type, but he is, he's got really good hands. And he showed that in the practice, like really quick mm-hmm. hands. If there's, if there was a guy that was really, you know, nailing it with his hands, I thought that was uh, Dalen. Um, it's a good run play. I play early because he can play the run. You see, yeah. So, mm, yeah. He's not I an think, overwhelming athlete, so. but he'll set the edge and he's just a one of the few. Kind of... One of the few on that defensive front that actually, yeah. you know, was looking pretty good. Um, and and so, but that that was kind of it. Teron Jackson, I I guess you'd say, you know, up and down a little bit. Um, but but you know what was clear is they kept using him on the inside. And, and they kept using them, um, you know, kind of in Miami's closed end, you know, inside, mm-hmm. inside, jo- inside, then maybe some outside. And he struggled there. He struggled on the inside. That's just, he, he, he did. And um, they also did the same thing with Weaver, um, Rashad Weaver of Rashad Pittsburgh, Weaver. who, who mm-hmm. I've always liked better than Patrick Jones. Um, and they used him a lot in the same way. And I think this is Miami trying to actually see if, you know, what these guys have and, and mm-hmm. whether they'll be, they'll be good for their scheme. And I think that both of them were just kind of showing that on the inside, I mean, Weaver could use his quick hands and very, and, and quickness to, to beat a guy. But if he didn't do that, it was like, you know, okay, forget it. Um, and, and the same, I mean, Tehran just didn't beat anybody on the inside, but he was—he looked pretty good on the outside, though. So I—I I think that that's um that's I like, something I like. Weaver. Weaver's a fun player. He's kind of big he, and long and powerful is. and mm-hmm. collapses mm-hmm. the pocket. But I think he'll start early because again, he can play the run. He sits a really strong edge in the run game. Yeah. Uses all that size. He's um, very linear to me. Um, yeah, you know, and and that's you know that's okay, and, and that that's good against the run too. Um, yeah, but absolutely. he he can do some things because he's got quick hands and and he can do some things against um in pass rush uh, and I think Shaka Tony just looked frankly awful. awful. I mean he just he just looked awful, and Amazing. a couple times they did have Rashid Hamilcar come down yeah. and and pass rush. They had Baron Browning come down from Ohio State, and as much as yeah. I like Baron Browning, 
He looked awful Touched, when they yeah, when they had a pass rush. Um, yeah. And Hamilcar didn't really look much better. I mean, to be honest. So Shaka Tony to me, yeah, the weight was an issue. Was he two thirty six or two thirty eight? Yeah. Falls into date. I, I, you know, this is just a kind of a hugely inconsistent. You know, I, I mean, he's a high. He's got one of the best first steps in college football. But you know, a high side speed rusher out of a four point stance who just just gets shoved around is. You know, you think he looks mm-hmm. like Tarzan plays like Jane. And I apologize to to all the women listening because that's a terrible thing to say in twenty twenty one. But nevertheless, <laughs> he just um, you know, I not for me, Clive, as I would say. Yeah, Jason Jason Oway is the guy on yeah. that, that defensive line, and and legitimately so. I freak. think, he, you know, because he's a freak. freak. Because he's a freak, and um, but it's not just because he's a freak. It, it's because you see his freakiness on the <laughs> on the tape. Yeah. Like he is, he is super duper fat. He reminds me of you know. Imagine if Jerry Hughes had four four speed, right? I mean, yeah, if, yeah. Or, or or even like four three, or or like I, I also made the comparison if if Jabril um Jabril uh, Pe- peppers Jabril Cox peppers sorry Cox. if Jabril peppers if Jabril peppers were you know a big six foot five whatever defensive end. You know that's that's how he looks. That's how athletic he looks, and um, yeah. and he can I mean, make the plays numbers all are, over the place. A, a four three, four thirty three, fourteen. I mean, that's legit. That was you know he was top of Bruce Feldman's freak list. Four point nine percent body fat and a three point nine um, three cone. I mean, just ridiculous. The one thing for me about Jason Owe is zero sacks in twenty twenty in seven yeah. games. Given the and that's why it's criticized. And and and, and yeah. Shaka Tony is brought up mm. against him because he did yeah. get sacks and he did you know. He did, but produce. he drips. He drips. But I mean, if there was a combine this year, mm-hmm. Jason Owe would be going in the top fifteen because he would just blow the doors off the combine. I mean, he can run round you. He can run through you. He drips potential. I, you know, he's a. But at the moment, I think he's more of an athlete than a football player. But you can, you know, I hate to keep using the athletic baller clay, but that kind of is what he is. And you know, a good defensive coach could turn him into something really special. But you yeah. know who was like this? You know who was like this a little bit last year to me um, is is Rashawn Gary uh, was mm. was a bit like this as far yeah. as as far as like you look at the t- not that productive, right? And that was the big thing that that was used against him. You know, even when he was coming out. And, yeah, look at him now, though. Look at him okay. now, and you look at the tape. You got to look at the tape and see what the guy yeah. looks like and what he's doing, and like you know, and mm. and you could tell that he was gonna. He's going to be something, and and that's he's, what I think. He's matters. turned into a, a. He's turned into a really good player. B on Sunday, I watched him walk <laughs> with one arm. Uh, Tristan Worst back into Tom Brady, walked him back five or six steps with one arm, and you just think you are. When you put it all together, you are going to be some sort of player. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he's getting close. You know, and I think Green Bay will let Preston Smith go at the, in the off season because I just think Garrett, you can't keep him off the field. He's just too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. And, when- and- what hurt Rashawn Gary all this time was, you know, the stereotype of the Michigan, the big hulking Michigan defensive end, you know? Well, he's a, but, but he's also, I mean, his, well. his final year, his final year, he had three and a half sacks and, yeah. and seven and a half tackles for loss. It's yeah. just, that's not good enough. That's, that's not, you know, or, or at least that's what everybody was saying, talking about, because we're talking about him as like a top 10 pick or, or you know, um, that kind of caliber player, which he is. People also had the the, the, the um, Taco Charlton experience fresh in their minds. Also, 
Well, yeah, yeah, that too. But um, but he was not Taco. Um, no. Yeah. Now on yeah. the way on the way out here, our newly minted offensive line coach was caught on on video today, uh, coaching the offensive line, and he said, and I quote, "That's a really wide release. He wouldn't have gotten to our quarterback. Tools mobile. Is that something or nothing, Simon? Because I think that the, all those Watson stuff is a bunch of bullshit." Um, I think he's. I think to his mobile i think he gets a bad no i'm so. I'm sorry I, I mean is this something or nothing meaning it, everybody's already been told hey two is the quarterback in 2021 meaning all of this watson stuff we keep hearing is essentially yeah yes it makes yeah i think it's bs it's uh, you know i i think it's been pretty clear that you know surrounding with charlie fry and with those kind of guys that two is clearly the guy that they want to work with mm-hmm. i mean why would you give up you know the fifth overall pick he's only played 10 games with no off season and no you know no training camp or those sorts of things um you know you've got to see you've got to give him two more years to see what he's like um you know and if Deshaun Watson came on the market you'd, you'd probably make a phone call to Nick Sarah and say what's the price but you know do you really want to give up three first round picks and a couple of seconds maybe give away an Xavier and Howard you, I don't think you do mm-hmm. you know as great as Watson is um you know, because you're giving away potential capital to fill other spots that the team desperately needs. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to plow forwards with the kid that we've got, and we'll see where we get to. One yeah. one quick clarification or cor- correction, though, Alf uh, Lemuel Jean Pierre was not the one that said was saying it's a real wide release. You know, he couldn't have gotten to the quarterback. It was it was Aaron Banks who was trying to explain that to Lemuel Jean Pierre about about a rep that he did. Okay. He was like, oh, it was a, it was a real wide release. He, he wouldn't have really gotten to the quarterback. And Jean Pierre just kind of like he's silent and he just tilts his head over at him and says, two is mobile, two is mobile." You know, um, you know, meaning that the that wide release, you know, even if the guy is wide like that, you can't just count on him not being able to get to the quarterback because a mobile quarterback is going to come around and mm-hmm. and you've got to stick, you've got to stick to the guy and prevent him from being able to get the quarterback. Um, and I think that's what what was going on in that uh, that interaction. Yeah, I just but thought it was it, really. It is interesting. It is. It's interesting that you yeah. mentioned him by name because I I go back to when Brian Flores first got here, okay, and they asked him about Ryan Tannehill and how he would go out of his way to not say a word about him. <laughs> yeah. And three <laughs> weeks later, he was a Tennessee Titan. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think they've they've said they've said he's the quarterback for a reason and. And I think that inside the building, I, I think until – so I don't really think much of anything has happened uh, on the Deshaun Watson thing. I think Houston is still trying to figure all this out, yeah. right? And and that's that's where they are. And so everybody else, you know, talking about Miami, I think rightly so, everybody in Miami are kind of just laughing about this, like, you know, whatever, because um, it's not real yet. Yeah. Um, but it, it may start to get real at some point. And there will be a point when when it, it starts to get real and the conversations start to, to get real. But when that happens, I think it's going to be a stalemate. I don't think anything's going to get done because I think that Brian Flores is not going to is not going to give away the farm. I think Chris Greer is definitely not going to give away the farm um, to, you know, to to get this one guy. And I, did, I think Nick Casario is going to ask for that. And mm-hmm. there's not going to be any friendliness in that negotiation uh, between those guys, even if they are friends, there's not going to be any, there's no, not going to be any discounts there. And I 
think that Steve Ross is really happy with how the team he, he's, he's one of two of his biggest supporters. Um, and he's happy with the team and how they're building it. And that's what I've been told. And, mm. um, and so he's not going to, you know, giving everything away for one guy is pretty much the exact opposite of how they're building this. And, um, and so I think that Steve Ross is not going to be, he might be the one that's queasy about this, mm. you know, the, the one that's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, and so if, if the owner is not on your side, you're going to give away everything. You're going to give away everything for one guy. The owner's not even on your side. No, no, yeah. there's just no way to me. Um, but you know, things change and we'll see maybe, maybe Houston caves, maybe they just get desperate and things get that bad. But if I, we know I anything think about, could... if we know anything about Tua, we know he's going to come back bigger, better, stronger next year. You know, that's sure. just his part of his mm-hmm. makeup. Well, yeah. he's finally going to have an off season. He's going to yeah, he have an off season. One. He didn't have one before. I mean, that's... no, he didn't. Last year, he was rehabbing. He was, you know, making sure he could walk again, making sure he could play football again. This time, it's yeah, a I... real off season, an actual off season. This point, point people. This time tidy. last year, this this time I was just going to say this time last year I was at that Super Bowl. I was at and and I was there at the Super Bowl week, and and Tua was there, and he was he was going around. This time last year. I saw what kind of pain he he got it he was in when he was just standing around and and throwing balls and walking walking around like after a while of being you know throwing footballs around and which he did at the the um the the center where the with with kids and stuff like that and walking around that whole thing like I saw him wincing in pain I mean this he was not anywhere close at this time last year he did not have a, an off season he you know he couldn't really work on anything now he's going to have it and i think that matters a whole lot yeah i i completely agree and i, and I look forward to it and hopefully well we shall see because the nfl hasn't even said if they're you know the ota schedule hasn't come out yet and they haven't even said if they're even going to have otas this year but if they do i look right. forward to it because the Dolphins are moving to their new facility this offseason. All right, yeah. one last thing. Matthew Stafford will be out there. He's he's going to be a Colt, right, Simon? It's it's like a foregone conclusion, right? Sorry, he's going to be a what? He broke up when he said A it. Colt. He'll be a Indianapolis Colt. Yeah, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but you know, I, I would say the Colts would be the favorites. They were one drive away from... Um, getting to the AFC Championship game with Philip Rivers. I think um, San Francisco would be a player as well. Wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy Garoppolo ended up back in New England as a starting Patriots quarterback and Matt Stafford went to San Francisco. Fits the system perfectly. I I think Washington would be an intriguing destination. It's a young team with a really good coach, with a really good defence. I I don't think he'll end up in New England, Stafford, because I know they've got a lot of capital in terms of the cap space, but the cap is going to be significantly reduced anyway. Um, you know, and I don't think the Belichick factor overcomes, you know, a bad football team that went seven and nine and probably didn't even look as good as that. Um, and so who yeah, is actively uh, trying also, to trade Gilmore as we speak, by the way. Yeah, but also we're talking about Matt Stafford as well. You know, we're not to this isn't some elixir of, you know, this is a guy who's been in the league 12 years. He's played in three playoff games, won none of them. You know, he's a good player, but I don't think he's, you know, he didn't become Otto Graham or Aaron Rodgers overnight. He's Matt Stafford. 
you know, I think he'd get an, I think he'd get a good Colts team over the top. I think he'd get a healthy San Francisco. You know, you look at a week at NFC next year, as it as it looks like it's already shaping up to be. If San Francisco come back healthy with Nick Bosa and Solly Thomas and you know all those players and Sherman and you know the offensive linemen they get back and and you know the receiving core stays healthy and they're a really good team and Stafford could put them over the top but you know let's let's not get too far over our skis with who he is he's you know he's a good quarterback I don't think he's you know obviously he'll probably win the MVP next year and Super Bowl <laughs> MVP and throw for seven thousand yards and make me look a complete twat but you know. Um, yeah. As it stands, Matt Stafford isn't an elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's fun. And he's to good watch. enough. Yeah, he's good enough. Yeah, I think people looking at that that uh, that Colts roster and looked at at Philip Rivers and said, you know what, maybe this guy is, might even be a slight upgrade to Philip Rivers, and that could be enough. You know, Chris Ballard is a really good GM, like a really good general manager. And they mm-hmm. draft well, they sign good free agents, they make shrewd trades. I mean, look at DeForest Buckner. They gave up the 14th pick for Buckner. He was an all-pro, he had an outstanding year. You know, he drafted two future Hall of Famers, probably, in the first and second round a couple of years ago with Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. You know, uh, Rocky Sin had an, uh, you know, a bit of a down year, a bit of a sophomore slump, but played pretty well as a rookie. Uh, Michael, uh, the receiver, the big receiver, Pittman, Jonathan Taylor was the third leading rusher in the NFL. Um, you know, so they're not they're not too far away. They've got some decent players on the back end as well. Kenny Moore's a good player. Um, if they could ever get the kid from Ohio State to stay healthy, um, you know, he would be a he would be a good player as well. But he can never stay healthy. But you know, there's some talent on that team, and I think you know somebody like Stafford could put them over the top, or certainly make them, you know. You're looking for competitors who can take KC down, aren't you? With that, with Mahomes, and you know, mm. he might just be one of the guys. Yeah, I, I completely agree. All right, next week, uh, I guess we're going to recap the entire senior bowl because we're going to have a lot more information. We're going to have three practices. We're going to have the actual game. Although I don't really care about the game. I care about I the do. practices. You do? I always do. Yeah, you always, I always do. You watch the game and you care about that. I usually just watch the game to enjoy it. I don't really take yeah. too much of it. You know, you know, anytime, anytime these players are on the field with one another and they're, mm. they're being competitive with one another and especially they are. this year. Mm. Yeah. Especially this year. Um, I think that's a great point actually, Simon. Um, yeah, anytime they're on the field together and they're being in, in competition with one another, it matters. And I think that I've, I've always taken issue with the, um, you know, the thing where it's like, uh, Oh, the scouts don't even stay for the game. They don't care about the game they, you know, stuff like that. They watch the game on film. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they just ignore it. It's just at practice. At practice is when you get to be up close, and you get to see things, and you get to really feel them. And um, and that's that's a really that's a really good experience. Uh, the game, you know, there's there's game film that's pretty good that you can just go over um, in, in for the game. So I think it's not as important to be there. But I think as long as they're there and they're competing with one another, you want to see it. You want to see what they do. Well, now I, now I feel like a complete asshole poo-pooing the game. <laughs> yeah, you asshole. Game hater. <laughs> All right. And trust me, li- uh, dear listener, we did not forget. We will go over the defensive roster eventually. But next week, obviously, we're going to talk senior bowl. And who knows? Maybe we'll have an offensive coordinator or not by next week but till then thanks for listening to three yards per carry you can subscribe via itunes on podbean 
or your usual podcast provider. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.